0: And welcome to your Life Now show. This is Coach Rhea. As always, I'm so delighted to be here with you and hosting my show. Um, it's always a pleasure to um uh, to be chatting with you and, and, and having different guests on the show. Um, just to gain background on who I am, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching service. I work uh with client on a personal level and as well as uh professionally and uh um and a leadership coaching. Um, on this show, we always try to cover a lot of different topics regarding to our, different, our, um, our life and, and what goes on in our life, and I just want to always put it out there. I always set my intention. Why The reason why I have the show, my intention is always to try to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can lead and have the life that you desire. It's all about choices. Choices present their, uh, themselves to us every single day. It's making the right choice that works for us and serves us in our life, and that's exactly why I do what I do. Um, on this show, we try to, like I said, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life. Today, my show is going to be a little bit different, but it's it, it's a very dear to my heart. I think we all can relate to that. It's how we can coexist together in our life and how we can have a peaceful life everywhere in the world. And uh, uh, But before we bring on my guest, I just wanted to let you know, if you ever want to try to reach me or know, learn more about what I do, please visit my website at www.coachingbyria.com. You can also send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always open to listen to your ideas and what's going on in your life and if there's anything I can help at info. Uh, info at coaching by so as i said today's uh, topic is a little bit different on you know what i would normally cover on the show but like i said this is something that we can all all can sink in into my guest today with my own my pleasure to have him on the show today mike gauss mike is a speaker writer thinker futurist and activist a pluralism islam india and civil society offering Polaristic Solution on Issues of the Day. He is a commentator of Fox News, NPR, and nationally uh, syndicated radio show, along with Dallas TV, uh, print, and radio networks. Now, Mike was born and raised in a suburb of Bangalore, India, and lived there until the age, I think, of 24 or so. And moved to Dallas, Texas, and he considered Dallas, Texas to be his home for over 30 years now. He's an active participant and contributor in, in the well-being of America and has developed a strong relationship with most all religious and ethnic community in Dallas. He is a, is a community builder and uh, committed to building a cohesive America. Uh, I had chat with uh, Mike uh, before the show, and uh, he has a lot of great things to share with you. And I just want to put it out there. If you have a question or comment for myself or my guest, please feel free to call the show at 626-213-5773. You can also go to Facebook and and put your comment there as well Um, and uh, uh, connect with us there as well. The chat room is open. You can put your comment or question there. And just want to let you know, the show will be archived and also available on iTunes later later on for a free download. There is so much to talk to talk about, uh, Mike. But I have only an hour, and I want to use the most of it. So I want to bring him on the air, and please help me welcome him to the show. I'm so delighted to have him. Hello, Mike. You on the air? Hi.
1: Hi, Ria. So pleased to be on the air with you, and I'm Thanks. glad you Bye. chose this topic. This is a much needed topic. We all need to figure out a way to coexist with least apprehension of each other.
0: Absolutely, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think this is something that we can all, uh, um, um, you know, feel and, and you know, I mean, it, it's so misrepresented. And and so let's let's just. Start by asking the question, and I think you know. Before you, before we had the discussion, I wasn't really sure. You know, obviously, if I broke down the word, I would understand what does it mean. But what does pluralism mean? What's how do you how you define it? Well, pluralism in the most simplistic way is to accept
1: the otherness of other and mm-hmm. to respect the uniqueness, God or the genetic uniqueness each one of us has. Let me explain what accepting the otherness of other means. You and your sister, in your case, do you have a sister here?
0: Yes, I do. I have one sister and one brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both you and your brothers and sister yes, were raised by we, the we same mother? we are the whole mother? family, yes, by immediate family. They're all here in this country, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. They were raised by the same mother. They were given the same food, uh, nour- nourished with the same food you grew up. Now, right. at this point in life, your brother may like medium rare steak you might try well done steak when you go sit on the table you say gee how can you eat a well done steak or he may say how can you eat a raw bleeding steak or you might like peach cobbler he may like apple pie sometimes those little differences don't matter but sometimes they do so accepting the otherness of other means hey my brother you eat what you eat I eat what I eat I can take this example to your working environment. Let's say four people have been friends working in the office for several months. One day they decide to go for lunch. They go to lunch. They're happy, jolly. They sit down on the table. They order their food. The food arrives on the table. The waiting staff serves the four plates to four of these guys or girls or combination. doesn't matter. And there you go. There is on a christian guy who now is a christian now you see a pork chops or something sitting there a muslim may have a beef and um, a hindu might be sitting there he may get the vegetarian food and the jewish person may get a lamb or beef whatever all of a sudden they can develop two attitudes the jewish or the muslim can tell the other guys you guys have no sensitivity. You don't care about me. Look, you know, I don't eat pork. You got this pig facing me right on next to me in your plate. How insensitive you are. The Hindu can say, you know, I don't eat beef. You don't give a crap about me. You got this beef. You should have been sensitive. You should have ordered something less offensive to me. Then all of a sudden all the four can become tense. Just simply eat the food and get out of there not talk anymore about it, and build attention. Now, each one has not accepted the otherness of other. Now, look at the other situation. On a Christmas Eve, you mm-hmm. and your brother get a camera or iPad, and all of a sudden, you open your gift, your brother jumps up and says, Sister, I'm so happy for you. You were talking about the iPad, and you got it. I hope it does everything you want to do and right. you can tell him back you got the camera so bring that attitude back to the dining table on that table the jewish man can say hey look john i know you know i don't eat pork i have no feeling for it but you were talking about different foods pork and all that i hope this is good for you i hope relish and enjoy it and the hindu can say you know beef is sacred to me I mean, a cow is sacred to me. I don't eat beef, but you are eating beef. I hope you enjoy that, whatever you are eating, and it is good for you and you're satisfied with it. And all of them have not altered their moods. They keep the same attitudes. What has really happened? Factually, nothing has changed. Nobody is going to lose an ounce of calories. They're not going to lose their emotion, faith, anything. It is just the attitude. A change in attitude can create, uh, can be destructive or good. So this is what I mean by accepting the otherness of others. Um, uh, so the, the, the other part is uh, learning to respect the God-given gene- uniqueness. Uh, or For those of my friends, our friends who are atheists, you can call it genetic uniqueness. That simply means if you look at the nature around you, look, there are 7 billion people by the end of by the in this month in the world. Each one has got a different thumbprint, deliberately different thumbprint. Each one has got a different DNA, eye print. And we eat, even among brothers and sisters, we have a different taste for food. So we have a different taste But So... What is the issue when we have a different faith, different way of looking at things? So God has created diversity intentionally for us to be unique. each one of us is our own model, so accepting the respecting the god given uniqueness simply means not having any problem. With With who you are and how you are, race, religion, ethnicity, the way you speak, the way you look, should matter to me. I am me, you are you. And that is respecting God's uh, God given uniqueness.
0: So that defines
1: pluralism, uh, Rhea, in general.
0: That's a really very simple and 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 very direct uh, explanation. I really appreciate that. I mean, the way I look at it is to accept each other regardless of where what where we come from and what's our background. I mean, in reality, I mean, if the, we live in 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 a um in a world that we would like love to see, you know, I think this is really really the way to go, you know. And I'm totally hundred percent, you know. I mean, I come from a from from a um, diverse background. You know that. And uh, you know, I mean, to come here, you know, at a young age, and 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 uh, to make it in this world, and to try to prove ourselves, we constantly try to prove ourselves, right? And uh, the 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 thing is, what really kind of puzzled puzzled me in this uh, thing is like, people don't—they're not really that open to that idea. I think I am who I am, which okay, you are an individual; we all unique to our own, you know. But it's almost like the ignorant part of most most of us. It's just like refuse to open up to the idea of, of different, you know, like somebody who' be you know someone from a different background, somebody from a different culture, somebody who' speak a different language. I've been in so many different intellectual conversations with different types of people, and, and, and two things always end up to be. It's like you don't come to a common ground. And that's what you trying to do. I mean, that's what I believe you're trying to do. you're trying to create cohesive America, you're trying to bring in the coexisting together. I think, you know, I mean I just wanted to mention that uh um Mike is the uh, uh the president of uh um uh the foundation I'm sorry, can you help me here the president of the Amer- the American, American together, together Foundation, right? Correct? And the you- Together Foundation? Right, okay. And the whole concept comes around is like we all should come together. I mean, let's face it, you know, when people, I remember when they used to ask me or come and ask me, like, where are you from? And I used to turn around and ask them back, (laughs) where are you from? Because we're all from somewhere. You know, I mean, this is the beauty about America, that we all come from different places. We are a big part of 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 uh a great ingredient from different world but we have a problem living together and I think you know I so I really do appreciate what you're trying to do but how are we gonna do that? How can we bring people to accept the idea, even though we are different, we can coexist together.
1: Well I think there is a I think it's a matter of learning on a daily basis. See for example in a small family uh, I can always start with a family example,
0: and oh, then I can
1: yeah. mm-hmm. relate with a national example. In a family, let's say a father or a mother or a brother and sister, if they are unjust to the other, if there is, they try to take advantage of the other, there is always the fear that sometimes when I'm sleeping or when I'm not aware, the other person may get even with me. You live in the fear. Of that. As a nation, for example, as an in America, India, Israel, Pakistan, any nation in the world, if they threaten the other nations around them, thinking that I can dominate and control them, that is a guaranteed insecurity for them. Because if I, as an American, threaten Mexico and Canada, I will not rest. I will not sleep in peace because I know when on my weakest moment, when I have the largest gathering or whatever, I am afraid they may attack me. So I live more than them afraid of our threat. We are more afraid of them for what they will do to me in my weak moments. So it behooves me as an individual in a family or as a nation to make sure the other people's security is secured. When other people are at peace and secure, I am guaranteed to have the security. And that formula can be applied to nations, individuals, and I think... We got to look at, uh, Rhea, that what are the things, why am I upset with someone? Why do I have a problem with this point of view? How is this going to affect me? If we start questioning ourselves, I think we can find some solutions. It's not easy. A lot of us uh, hold grudges, for example. You say something to me or some
0: we someone said something to me. Yeah, we take it very personally, right. Mhm. Yes. Ultimately,
1: we all have
0: to live in peace. How do we do that? Absolutely. Yeah, how do we do that? I mean, you asked the question, but see, I think media plays a huge influence because, I mean, I don't really watch the news anymore because it really, I'm sorry to say that, but it really kind of makes me mad, you know, because it it doesn't show what is really going on. So they only pick, I mean, it's almost like they're being biased. and, And so we don't really know what's going on with that particular country, with that particular culture. You know, I mean, you're not getting it as it is. You know, you're getting what's being filtered for you to hear. So we make a judgment. We judge other people. We judge other culture. We judge other religion based on what we are told to believe. So it it goes Mm -hmm. back to the beliefs. You know, the belief system, what do you believe about this culture? Why do you not like them? I mean, you know, you hear people, you know, saying things about like, oh, you know, like they make all the problem. I don't want to get into politics and religion because that's too, you know, a broad, you know, subject to talk about and discuss because we all have a different point of view. But we want to set all that aside. I mean, our whole goal, you know, my whole goal of of having you come on the show is really to kind of spread the word. We can coexist together regardless of our difference and differences and regardless of where we come from. But the thing is, like, what are some of the steps? What can we do? I mean, what an average person can really do to change the way they perceive things or how they think?
1: Okay. Well, let's take one example. I know you were wanting to keep politics and religion. Actually, it's they are beautiful things. To me, if uh, if I were to hire Mr. Spark, you know, from Star Wars, and ask him to analyze religions, he would... I mean, there's, most people see the meaning value in what I'm about to say. If you ask him to analyze the religion, remember, he is not conditioned with... Jesus being son of God or Muhammad as the prophet or Moses as the law giver or Krishna as the one who fixes the society he is not conditioning any of that he doesn't know anything about God what he looks is looking at Muslims, Jews, Christians Hindus, Buddhists, Wicca Zoroastrians, anybody Baha'i, he would look at them and he looks from a distance hey, these guys are reading some kind of book and when they, after they read the book, they go to a place where they kind of bow, lean, and prostrate, and come out with the feeling that, okay, I'm a humble guy. Okay, I'm not here to create conflict. I'm here. After studying all the actions of different religion, he probably would define like this. Religion is a tool, a device, or an instrument that helps an individual understand himself or herself and relations with other people around. And the goal, what the religion, each religion teaches, is to get along, respect the other, and think for your brother what you think for yourself, do unto others as you would want to be done. He sees all these values, and he would collapse religion as something, an instrument that helps an individual gain his own balance. The fears of the death, fears of injustice, he finds some answers in any of whatever religion he or she follows, and that's what Mr. would said. From there, I want to take it to one more thing: to see we don't need to, religions to be the same; we don't need them to be exactly alike. If it's good they are different. Let me share the greeting, the simple greeting that we do when we say hi to somebody on the street. What essentially we are saying is, "Hey, stranger." I want to connect with you. I want to talk to you. I want to sit down and possibly have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. That is what is embedded in a high. And if you look at the religious greeting, it is incredible, Rhea, how these guys, whether Muhammad, Jesus, Moses, Krishna, they must have thought through this process so well. They have embedded the same idea in each religious greeting. For example, when you say Namaste, what they're saying is, let the goodness in you yeah. connect with the goodness in me. Mm-hmm. When you say, shalom, salam, peace to you, what we are saying is, may you be drenched, soaked in peace. And when the other person responds back to you, brother or sister, you need to be in peace too. So what we are doing is conditioning each other to connect as strangers and sit down and create something, talk either a conversation, a product, whatever we are producing, to create to be more productive together by acknowledging each other, showering each other with peace. This is such a beautiful greetings in all religions. I'll just run down quickly a few. In the Baha'i it's Allah abho means God glorious. In the Buddhist greeting, Buddha Namau means we are bowing to the wisdom of of uh, wisdom that Buddha taught. Then in the Christian greeting, peace to you. In Hindu greeting, it is namaste. In Jain, which is another religion, Indra. Then in the Jewish greeting, it is shalom. Salam in Islam. And in Sikh, faith, akal the Wiccan say to Mother Earth, let Mother Earth bless you. And the Zoroastrians say, Hamazor, Hamash, meaning let let you be in peace as I am in peace. So these greetings can be interchangeably used. At one time, there was an Egyptian fellow, a uh, by. I thought he was, he said something in Arabic, so I thought he may be Muslim. I said, Salam alaikum. And he just got angry. He said, I'm not a Muslim. I'm a Christian. I said, Brother, Alaikum means simply peace on you. I I
0: know,
1: hope you the want you want peace? Right, exactly. Yeah. So people need to think the greeting, religious greeting, should not be offensive. They should be welcomed beautifully. If everyone greets, the best, to invoke the best in the other, we should welcome. Yeah. And uh, in fact, in Dallas, no matter where I go, uh, one person will call me Alaikum the other will call me Shalom.
0: Oh, yeah. right.
1: So all right. these are beautiful greetings. I love it when people I use them interchangeably. Well the, see so that's these the, are the things. Things. I mean
0: you you I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the thing is all the greeting that you had mentioned, they all share the same exact meaning. Same exact meaning. So even like, you know, I mean if we're gonna touch up on religion and which I'm not you know, like I said, I, I I don't wanna get myself in trouble with that, but The thing is, the fact is, like, we all, you know, I mean, I I believe that God represents a nation or a a people, a group of people, not one religion. God is one. I think God, no matter what you think God is or what God means to you, it's, it's one thing. One thing or one holy thing that is whatever it is that you feel in your heart, the goodness in your heart and how you radiate that goodness out to the world. That's what, to me, religion is. And the thing is, if you take every religion in the world, so I haven't read all the books, but I have read few, okay, including the Bible and the Quran or part of it, and I know they all share the same message. But yet, you got these extremists, and that's what I have a problem with. So, like when you get extremists and they are trying, so called, representing a a religion and misleading the concept of what that religion is supposed to be about. That's where I have a problem with, and that's the reason I don't talk about it, because when people think, oh, all Muslims are bad because those are terrorists, right? That's really no, not get, fair, because no, it's not fair to so that religion. I'm sorry?
1: We can't stereotype anybody, because uh, the way I look at it is a life as a pie. It has got good, bad, and ugly in each with a different shades, different degree of goodness, badness, and ugliness. And this formula is a very generic formula, Rhea. It can be applied to Muslims, Jews, Christians, Hindus, anybody. That is, there are going to be a few people in each religion that are intolerant towards the other. In fact, they feel secure by annihilating the other. It goes back to pluralism again. I think uh, we were. what else you can do, you mentioned earlier, conflict. We need to look at conflict. Pluralism and conflict go hand in hand. All the problems we have in the world, there is a conflict. And if you start looking, the example that I gave about the dining together, what looked like a major conflict was not a conflict if you look down. So conflict boils down to three things. That is your space, Mm -hmm. nurturance, and uh, love and food, nurturance, and uh, uh, space. If somebody takes you and there is a given space, spiritual space, physical space, if you and I are fighting to sit on the same chair, there is a conflict. We've got to figure out how to resolve it. But that conflict is legitimate because we are competing for the same thing. If it is us, food, if there is only one apple and you and I are hungry, there is a reason for us to fight, and that is a legitimate conflict, and the fight is also legitimate. Same thing with a loved one. If somebody messes with my loved ones, then I have a right to fight back with you. Other than these three critical reasons, all other reasons are conflict free. They're not really conflict, they're imaginary conflicts. And look at the way go, how God has, or the nature has given us. The animals, they cannot talk, they got the horns, they got the big heads that bump into each other. They lock in the horns. That's how they resolve the disputes. God has done something different to us. He has given a tongue so we can speak and resolve the. That's why we don't have the horns. We have a tongue to resolve the issues through a dialogue, and we need to use it. We don't use it sometimes. So conflicts, any conflict, whether like the dining, uh, food, uh, luncheon example I gave you, is there a fight for space? food, our loved ones. If it isn't, then it is not conflict. Then there is just a difference. How do we resolve it? And that's how we can change our society around us. Uh, I mean, if if you run into your conflict among your friends, you apply this formula, is it about a space you're fighting? Or is it about food? Is it about? This, if it is not, then everything else is dialogable and we can find solutions through a dialogue. What are your fears? Are you afraid that you're going to lose your spare spot? Are you afraid that you may not get your next meal? Are you afraid that your loved ones will be slaughtered? If none of the above, then, hey, we don't have a problem. We have a difference. We need to work.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, again, the, the, the thing that I, you know, I mean, in, in, in my work, I mean, and, and what I truly believe, you know, myself, and, and it doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but what I think, there's two emotions that human experience is fear and love. So if you come from a place of fear, you're going to create conflict, you're going to create diversity, I mean, you know, a, a problem, you're going to create war, you're going to come in, you know, because I'm it's mine, it's yours, it's this, it's that, I'm always like fighting for something. And if you come from a place of love, there is always room to try to find some kind of harmony, no matter how the problem is. I mean, you know, I know we talked, you and I, we talked about, you know, the coexistence between, you know, uh, the Palestinians and the Israel in one land, which, you know, it's been going on for how many years now? Over 50 years. And uh-huh. they still have not been able to find any common ground because it's always, it's my land, it's your land, and you did this to me and I did that to you. But... I mean I I can I uh, I share can I
1: share a pluralistic view on Israel and Palestine. I have put some videos out there, there has been a lot of acceptance both by Palestinians and Israelis Hi, uh, if it is okay with you I'll be happy
0: to share that in a few seconds. Sure. Let's take a quick break because I just want to like put out like, you know, the information 'cause I really love to hear from people. I wanted to try to tweet this or try to send it to the friends. I want to hear what people think about this and we're only coming on a half of the half the uh, of the hour. And uh again please make sure you call um six two six two one three five seven seven three. I also shared the link in the chat room, so um send it to your friends. You know send it to anybody who you know give us your opinion, call in you know, put your comment in the um in the chat room. I'd love to hear from you um i'm gonna take a short break, and we'll be right back, Mike, so stay with me, okay, okay, thank you. This is Coach Ria. You are listening to your Life Now show, and with me today, my friends, and and uh, um, a great guest, Mike Gauss. He is. We are talking about pluralism. We're talking about coexisting together. We're talking about how to find common ground for the goods of all. You know, I think it's possible. I really do believe it's possible. Before the break, Mike, we were talking about. Um, we touched up on the Palestinians and and Israelis, and we said, you know, this whole conflict's been going on for over 50 years, and yet, it's almost 60. Wait, how many years is that, 58 years or something? No, 64 years. 64, my God. Okay. Um, So this is, you know, I mean, obviously, I I don't, myself, I don't believe um, war can create peace. There is no, peace cannot come out of war. So conflict does not create resolution. So, I mean, I know, like, you know, you mentioned the fact that, you know, sometimes we need to, you know, I mean, if we we we're trying to get something to eat and, and there's only one item and we we about five people trying to share an apple, you know, people are going to tend to fight over that apple. Or if somebody hurts someone in your family, you try to protect them. But I still don't really think conflict can create a resolution. I I I'm, I'm having a hard time with that one. That's the only thing that I really have a hard time with. I don't know how we can create. I mean, you know, there was a a, a say like a sin for sin. What is it? Uh, an eye for eye and a sin for. Uh, please help me with the with the phrase. An eye for an eye. An eye for eye will make the, will leave the, the whole world blind. Right. So why would we want to do that? I don't I don't understand. I mean, can we? Is, is there got to be a better way?
1: Yeah, I think that is accepting the otherness of other. And if it is a genuine conflict, then there is a problem with it. In case of Palestine and Israel, solution is really there. I think somebody needs to sit down and talk. For example, what the Palestinians are completely not aware of, the what the Jewish history. If you look back the 3,000 years of Jewish history, they never had the security. They have been chased by the police around them. Carroat did it. And after 2,000 years, nearly 2,000 years, they felt home in Spain. They felt, this is my land. This is where I am. And all of a sudden, the Ferdinand guy did the persecution. They had to go. Then in Germany, they felt home too. This is my home. This is where I belong. And what Hitler did was very wrong. So, they have a genuine need to feel secure, not military security. Secure meaning we're relaxing, not worry about anything, getting up in the morning, going to work and come back. I know that her, his or her family is there. That kind of security, they have been missing all their lives, and the world owes them that security. Now, on the Palestinian side, Every child, when he's born or grows up, he or she wants to play with their kids with their toys, play, kick the soccer ball, go to school, fall in love, get married, have children, grandchildren, have a job, cars. This is a common desire of every human. Because of the conflict, the Palestinians have been deprived of all those things, even to call a home for themselves. And there is gross injustice done to them. And between the two Palestinians, and they are the most suffered people, both Palestinians and Israeli Jews. So there is a lot more common among them. I think what we can do as a society is give them, help them, ease that. Israel definitely needs security, not the military, but a genuine security, a sense of, I am fine. And that can come with the Arab nations around the world to recognize Israel. That is the first step. When you recognize it, some kind of apprehension goes down. At least I'm not hostile to those guys. I have they have accepted my uh, existence. That will ease Israeli tension. On the other hand, if the United States and Israel... Which they recognize, but formally recognize israel, Palestinians, this is your home, this is your land, and that will ease them. They're frustrated when they don't have a place to call their home. When these two things are done, those people would be very well bonded. They can be a very great, strong community together. There is a lot of work going on in that direction area is a federation of uh, Israel-Palestine. They're working on it. and I know Joseph Amasar, uh, he just wrote a book called Peace. It just got released two weeks ago. And he has the vision and dream of how we can, from a human angle, bringing them together. And also I would urge the Palestinians, uh, when they choose their leaders, uh, I would, the demand should not be anything but this. The children that you see, the little babies that are born, being born, can you assure them, look in their eyes yeah. and tell them that when they grow up, that they cute can have peace, they can have prosperity. Yeah. And Mr. Nathan, how to look into the children of Israel and Palestinian, five-year-olds, and look at them and say, look, kids, both Israel and Palestinian kids, my goal is to... Find peace for you, prosperity for you when you grow up. I'm. I will consider myself a villain of you guys if I don't achieve that. And people should demand performance from both sides based on the amount of peace, amount of prosperity and security they generate for each other. Not wars, not destruction, but peace. Wise. When they do it, the leaders will behave what the people expect them to behave. And for people to demand. There is, there is going to be a spring, the Arab spring. There's going to be an Israel spring where all people say enough is enough. We want peace and security. We don't want conflicts anymore. It's going to happen. It's going to take some time. And I'm, my heart bleeds for both Palestinians and Jews, good people like me and you. They deserve everything they ask for. We have all taught.
0: do. That's the same, you know. I mean, but the thing is, like, you know, you, you talk about leaders. If you don't have the right leaders, you know because to create leaders you gotta be a leader yourself, you know, but unfortunately the leaders of themselves are not the ones that are looking out for for their for their people they're looking out for themselves, and that's where the problem is but let's bring it back to here to 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 America, you know right here where we are, where we live in right now and uh um you know it it this is existing right here, I mean it's existing around us all the time you know i I think we what we're really trying to simplify here how to promote oneness we all one we all i mean the thing is most people don't see things you know like if it's not um affect them immediately, they don't think it's gonna ever gonna affect them, but it will eventually it will. You know, and the ignorate what kind of override? You know, it's like, oh well, you know, this is never going to happen to me. You know, it happened two doors, two doors down. You know, two houses down, down down the street. You know, it's never going to happen to me. And that kind of mentality need to change. Yeah, because yeah, we all want, we all want, and at some point, one thing can affect the other. And like I said, one apple can destroy. Like you know, I mean, you've heard the expression. You know, one apple in in a, in a in a bunch can you know. Affect the rest of the apples.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. You know, so what do we do? Like, how do you know? Like, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm in, in, you know, promoting, inspiring. I, I, I do public speaking. I'm, you know, I'm having this show to give back, to try to inspire people to kind of step up and 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 live a better life. But we have to realize our life is also affected by other people's life. So how can we all, like. You know, can we all get along? simple <laughs> You know, what do
1: we do? It's, How do we do? It's dialogue. The dialogue is the first thing. We gotta, like I mentioned earlier, I don't have horns to so lock in with you and fight with you and gain my things. I have a tongue. You have a tongue, and uh, that's that's what differentiates us from animals. And uh, we gotta realize that and sit down and talk. Any conflict that is out there. We need to think through it. So why do we have a conflict? Why do I hate uh, these people? Why do I hate somebody? Why, why, why do, what is the motivation for me? What do I gain from this personally? If you start thinking, if you are utterly selfish, you can create a better world. Utterly selfish means if I frighten somebody, I'm going to be frightened back. I'm going to be in their gun all the time, so let me not frighten anybody. If I'm nice to other people, they're going to be nice to me. Of course, there are anomalies. There are going to be bad things happening to good people all the times. But in general, society at large, we are better off having a dialogue on any issue. Uh, we did a conference on Quran, for example. We're going to do a conference on anti-Semitism, uh, Islamophobia. Any issues that divides Americans, for example, since the since we gained our independence in 1776, Maria, uh, we were a one society. We had one cause to gain freedom. We got the freedom. Right after that, the North and South had a conflict, and that led us into a war. And then we had, uh, these are the issues that divide us. because We
0: didn't deal with the cause of the problem, because we always put a bandaid on the issues, and we think it's going to go away.
1: You got that right. And then we had the women's suffrage. where giving rights to women, I mean, their own rights that men had taken for them to vote and be an equal. It took quite a lot of work. Finally, the Women's Suffrage Act was passed A 100 years after our Constitution declared all men are equal, but they were not equal until women got their equality in the late 1800s. And uh, the African-Americans got their equality almost after 200 years. Now, still, uh, the same thing with the Jewish community. They felt equal somewhere about 50 or 60 years ago. Now, there are other immigrants, the Hispanic immigrants, the Muslim immigrants— They also need to feel equal, and that's when our Constitution becomes fully meaningful. It is such a beautiful document. We just need to preach Constitution. We need to preach our Pledge of Allegiance with liberty and justice for all. When there is justice for all, I am safe and secure. So this is what we need to have in a common dialogue. I am so happy that you are doing this. I hope it You inspire people to think through these and how they can be effective in their own family, in their own neighborhood, in their own little office or business community. Each one can make a big difference in creating peace, mitigating the conflicts and nurturing goodwill.
0: I mean, we all have to have a voice, and we have to let our voice be heard. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I get criticized, even from my own friends, for the reason why I'm having this show. Is this for show profitable to you? What do you, you know? But my whole intention was different, and you heard me in the beginning. I always try to set my intention why I do this show. I really do want to inspire people to kind of, you know, like, realize what's going on in the world and how can I live a better life? Because if we all care about each other, we can live a better life. And, and you know, and I put that aside because I say, you know what, it's my, what I feel the need to do, what I'm here, my purpose, you know, on this planet, you know, to really try to make a difference, even if I make a difference one person at a time. And I, I think, you know, when people look at the big picture, they think it's too big for them to think that they can do something. We all can do something, and it starts with each one of us. If we all do one little thing and let someone else do the same thing, and all of a sudden you have Whole a lot of people doing something, yeah. you know. I yeah. mean, it it yeah. and and that's all what's all about. You know, I mean, when we we feel like, oh well, you know, what can you do? Well, you can do something. You can do one thing. You know, when you look at the building, you don't know, you don't know, the building doesn't exist by itself. It exists by putting one brick on top of the other. And if you can perfect putting that brick on top of the other in the right way, you will have a magnificent building. Yeah, you know, so the message is really, I mean, you know, I it, for everybody who's listening, I mean, you know, I think uh, um what Mike is saying, that can be possible. We can coexist together and we can all do something about it, but it start with each one of us.
1: And again, uh, the, the simplest idea here is let's not worry about the world, let's not worry about what they do to three streets down. Let's focus on our own immediate vicinity, my own family, my own friends, my own community, my own neighborhood that I live in, I need to be a peacemaker for them, for my own peace, it's a contribution. Going back to the question you mentioned, some people say, do you do this radio, is this profitable? Life is not about profits, everything we do is not about profits. There should be enough profits to keep you going in life. But right. most of the other thing you do is for the general goodness of the society. Okay. There is a beauty. There is a joy in it. I can share a small example. If you're going on the pavement in New York, a lady falls, a lady or a guy, doesn't matter, an old lady, let's say an old lady falls, you help her get up, you pull her purse together and make sure she's okay. You know, the whole day at your office, you're gloating, you're beaming, you're happy, you're telling everybody the goodness you did. You can do that every minute of the day, every day by doing things. You will be so enriched with happiness and joy by doing things for others without any return. If there is a return, that is a way.
0: I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying, yeah, I would, you know, be attached with, from what the outcome is, not seeing, you know, doing it for a reason. You just do it for the, for the common good, you know.
1: And because it is a, you get the reward, the reward of feeling good about yourself, because we, each one of us, is inherently good. We are designed to be good humans. Sometimes we fall into the trap and act for that moment in a bad way, but typically we are born to be good because. You know, you, in right in New York and Washington, D.C., when the planes flew into freezing water, people were going. There were guys and girls who did not care what the temperature of the water was. They jumped to save their life. In New York, in the subway, one guy fell off on the rail, and the other guy jumped and saved him from the railroad tracks. Because we are inherently good. Instantly, we, if there is a thinking moment... We corrupt ourselves. Okay, well, he is Muslim, he is Jewish, he is black. We will not do it. But if we don't let that creep into us, we are good people. We jump and do save a child if there is a child in danger without thinking the race or religion of that child. So we need to go back to home, our own home inside, which is goodness.
0: Oh, my God, you so well really Yeah, very well said. Thank you. I mean that's that's the key. I mean it it's it go back to the basic, you know, and and, and, and and go in and realize how you know, because we're all good on the inside. I always say it, we all start good. Um I remember I think one when uh, um author that I read his book he said something to the fact Doctor Wayne Dyer he said uh, um he was making, I was I was listening to one of his lectures, actually, and he was saying to the fact that, you know, um, our kids come through us, not for us. But then he said, you know, we tell God, it's like, okay, I'll take it over from here. And then what we do, we <laughs> take it over and we mess it up because, you know what, it was all good in the beginning. And it all starts good. It all starts good. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, the things that we do with things, we change it. To make it unwhole whole and, and and not complete, but everything is whole and complete everything is is, is is good and and we really need to tune in i mean, I know like when, you know i live you know I live in the East Coast, and I remember i mean there is the good, and there is unfortunately the people who are ignorant and they think it does not affect them. I remember a while back when I was trying to go um when before I started going to business school, I wanted to go to FIT, so I was going to um a school down in in New York City. And I saw a homeless man who literally was the guy, I think he was dead, and people were just like walking by him and nobody will do anything. And I can hardly speak English at that time. So it was like, you know, I was like right out of high school and coming here and, you know, and I was like, okay, I got to do something. And I was student, but it's like, no, 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 this is like, you know, I mean, you don't do things here. You just kind of leave it alone, you know. And then I'm like, and then I see one time that video when, when that, that guy on the motorcycle who, uh, I don't know if you saw that video, and he fell right underneath the car, it was a car accident, and the motorcycle fell underneath the car, and a bunch of strangers came by and lifted that car, and the guy, because of that reason, he's alive now. So there is goodness. Goodness exists everywhere, but unfortunately there is also the people who think because it doesn't affect them, they don't need to do anything. Um, you know, and, and I think the whole, you know, uh, idea behind what you do, I really need to, you know, to tell people out there who are listening, you know, think about it. Think about what you can do today in your own community, even in your own home and with your family. What can you do to make things better for all of us? You know, I mean, it starts from, you know, from home. Start how we deal with each other on a daily basis. How do we, you know, what do we do? What do we do? Mike, I know um, there's quite a few things, I mean, you know, your resume is so impressive, I didn't even touch on the things. I know you had written over a thousand articles on pluralism, Islam, India, peace and justice and civil uh, society published in in a wide spectrum of newspaper and magazine around the world. You also, do you have two books coming up, one on the American Muslim agenda and one My Journey to pluralism. When are those books going to be released? Do you know or have any idea? Have to, by,
1: by the end of this year, year, And I'm also shooting a documentary uh, called Cohesive America. And uh, we started doing that. I'm going to be interviewing a whole lot of people from different backgrounds. Everybody who is an American is an American to me. And we're going to be shooting video all across the nation. I will be in New York, actually, on the 20th and 19th. Um, and, uh this month? Yeah, yeah, October. Oh, okay, and, uh, okay. And I just got the confirmation I'll be on Hannity's show on the, yeah, the I um, I'm going to be on his uh, national radio show as well. So okay. So if you're there, I'd like to come and say
0: hello to you. Absolutely. Uh, maybe I'll, we'll, off air, we'll, we'll chat about that. I, you know, I'm I'm only, uh, you know, a few miles away, so definitely that would be something I would love to do. That. Um, what yeah. else is in the, in the make? I mean, what what are some of the things that you like to share with our listener? And and um, well, okay,
1: you know. okay. For example, we just did the Quran conference. Uh, it's not a Muslim issue. You see, a pastor in Dallas said uh, the same pastor that said Mitt Romney. Uh, he belongs to a cult. He said the Jews, Christians, Catholics, Mormons, uh, Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists are all cult. I mean, that's not nice. He probably has not studied any religion, but he made that conclusion. So he did, about uh, November last year, he said, Quran is an evil book written by a false prophet. So I went to his church, mm-hmm. the very next day of the church, and I Talk to him, Pastor. I'm sure you have read something for you to have said that. But what I'm going to do is present you with a copy of the Quran. Read it. If you find something wrong, let us sit down and talk. Because I believe God's book, whether it is Torah, Bible, Avesta, or Bhagavad Gita, they're God's words. They're beautiful. And as humans, we do misunderstand. I give you the room for that misunderstanding. And after that, what we did was we created a... uh, People, there are 60 verses in Quran that are deliberately mistranslated by two groups. One was the kings, the Christian kings in Europe in the 12th century. They mistranslated the Quran for their subjects to hate Muslims. And in the 19th century, a Muslim mistranslated Quran for Christians and Jews, for Muslims to hate Christians and Jews. So they use the mistranslation for political purposes. And so there are 60 verses in Quran that are deliberately mistranslated to make each other's life difficult, but politically they gain. When people are divisive, the rulers generally have their way. So we, what we did, we pulled the 60 verses. We had a conference. We had about uh, three or 400 people. Uh, the It was very unique in the sense we had a rabbi, a Hindu, and pundit scholar, a Sikh scholar, and seven uh, uh, are yeah, state representative, and six pastors representing Baptist, Catholic Mormon, Unitarian, and I uh, forgot the other one, Presbyterian. So we mm-hmm. have them sit in the stage, and we went through the 60 verses, and I asked the public by the raise of hands, let's narrow it down to 10 verses from Quran, that you want to understand. So we narrowed it down to 10. These are the verses that sound very bad when you read them and they are being propagated. So we asked the pastors to read that particular verse directly from the Quran, not from what the others say, but from the Quran. It was a shocking experience for the audience because what is propagated, kill the infidels wherever you find them. The Jews will become apes. All these falsities that are propagated are not in Quran. And that's what was a finding, and people were surprised, shocked, and felt good because Quran, after all, is not a bad book as it is propagated. So we're going to do something same thing about the anti-Semitism conference, why people are anti-Semitic. How can we have them look at the cause and free themselves from this feeling of anti-Semitism? And as a Muslim, I'm a Muslim Maria, we held the first Holocaust conference in Dallas. Muslims commemorating Holocaust. Uh, We've been doing this for five years. Five years. We do this because I want our Jewish friends and brothers and sisters to know that in pain we are all in it together. When we are with them, when they're suffering, when they're in secure moments, it builds bonding. We want to create goodness by understanding and being with each other in good times and bad times. And uh, I think one of the things we can do is go to your friend's birthday. If you know somebody's having a birthday or if you're having a birthday, invite people from different faiths, different races, different traditions. See the beauty of each human being out there. In funerals, invite people from different traditions, backgrounds, races, and religions we are in this together start small and see how what a difference you can make in your own little place and don't expect others to do what you do you do your exactly. duty and let, let things happen and don't score keep well I did it, the Jews and Muslims and Hindus didn't do it, don't worry about it you be consistent prove it for five years, others will do it but they have to know that you are not a fakey. Common. you are doing it for genuine reason of building goodness
0: well, you know, I mean, it comes back to, again, you know, knowledge, learning more, you know, don't be ignorant. Learn more about something that you don't, you know, you're questioning. Who do you listen to? I always say, who do you listen to? Do you listen to people who actually, you know, I mean, because people, I mean, if, if you can just, Listen to a, 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 a somebody who's talking about a religion or talking about a you know because that's the way they think of it, but that's not what it is. Like you just said, the founding you know like what you found in the Quran, it was some misleading you know translation to make it look in a certain way. So do your research. Don't make your judgment based on what other people telling you you know it's supposed to be. I think this is this is what uh, um, what keeps human mind you know. Uh, alert and focus, you know, you got to learn more, learn more, learn more about... Who um, you know? Who's around you? Who are you talking to? I know, like one of the things that I wanted to share with you to kind of like you know, um, I guess break the ice a little bit or make it a little you know, um, f- funny. It was our my my wedding, my own wedding, and I had like different cultural. <laughs> I mean, my my wedding it was like a multicultural wedding, and I remember wow. for months and months after the wedding, people were talking about it because they thought it was like, oh my God, we've never ever attended a wedding and reception like that. It was just, like, things that they'd never seen. And I did it on purpose because, I, you know, I married an American, you know, um, uh, um, raised, born and raised American. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and my, my background, you know, differently, totally different, you know, from where I come from. So we kind of like put a whole multi, you know. My husband had a American Indian in him as well. So we were like combination of different culture in the wedding, and it came out to be something like everybody enjoyed. It was really a celebration of a multi culture, and and it was it was a great, great, great um um things to talk about. And it was just you know I I still like every time I see the video I just like oh my god it was so great <laughs> so just well, to tell me, you I mean let it was me, me share my experience.
1: My late wife, my first wife, was a Caucasian, and uh-huh. my kids are half Caucasian, half Indian. And my my daughter-in-law is a, a Asian, Malaysian, a real Chinese Asian, and one of my my son-in-laws is an African American. Religion-wise, we have Buddhist. My son is an atheist. My daughter is a Baptist. I am a Muslim. Uh, my daughter-in-law is a Buddhist, one of my son-in-law is a Catholic, wow. so we got the whole ring in our know, race, as well as religion.
0: It's that's beautiful. A, it's beautiful, it sure is beautiful, and that's, you know, and like my son, I know like, you know, I have a, a young, you know, um, yeah. and and he's like, I remember like when he was like in his, you know, like eight and nine, and even, you know, he's like, Mom, what am I? I'm like, you are a human being. He's like, you know, because, Mom, you this, my dad is this, and, you know, so where do I belong? I say, you belong anywhere you choose to be, you know, because you are a human being and you're as good as you are, you know, so you have to always remember that. So it's it's really interesting. We are coming in on the end of the hour, uh, Mike. It was so much pleasure having you on the show, and I really hope we can do this again. And then we'll touch base later on your visit to uh, New York. Hopefully I can you know, touch base with you and, and see you there. And, uh, you know, leave us with something, and, and we can, we're going to go off the air. So but one thing to uh, make people think for a second.
1: Well, that would be just each time you have a conflict
0: with someone, think why is it legitimate
1: or is it resolvable. That's all they can do.
0: Absolutely, very well said. My um, much gratitude for you, uh, Mike. I am I'm so grateful that I got to know you and and learn more about your work. And I think your work is 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 incredible. And I think we need more people like yourself. And I I I do believe that there is a lot of people like you who are trying to make a difference. And I I do appreciate you, Mike. Thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, you're so very welcome.
0: Take care. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, my friend, thank you again all for being here for listening to my show. And, uh, you know, remember the show will be archived and also available on iTunes. So, um, and look, look me up on, on Facebook and on Twitter. You know, I'd love to connect with you. And again, if you ever want to learn more about me, you can send me an email. If you have a question for me, I'm at info at com and also. My website is www.coachingbyria.com. Namaste, my friends. Always stay amazing, and you are amazing. All love and gratitude for you guys all. Thank you much. No purchase necessary, void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.